הרני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שתורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר הקדוש משבר עצמה. ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחה נובע מכל חוכמה רבנו אנחנו נפגם את שמחה. נא נח נחמן אנחנו נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם. We continue in Sichot Aran, Sif Kuf Samechet, after having just discussed the, the prayers of Rabbeinu, how Rabbeinu used to do it, both the dut, how he used to sigh, and uh, some childhood stories, some stories as he, went, um, as he went on with his life also, towards the end of his life, how Rabbeinu was always emphasizing the Inyan Atzila. Now we enter a new subject about the idea of Busha, we're going to see here in Sif Kuf Samechet. Rabbeinu always spoke, or he spoke also about the great extent of his shyness, of his embarrassment. He was constantly ashamed before Hashem. That shame would appear on his face. It was present on his face. Rabbeinu felt as if someone who was literally embarrassed by his friend who was right before him. Meaning, the same fear that he felt before Hashem, was the same fear that a person, a normal person would feel when he was embarrassed by a, a person next to him, by a, a literal human being. Um, there's a famous bracha, um, I believe, that Rabbi Yehudanasi gave on his deathbed, if I'm not, or it's Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, I forget who, I think it could be Rabbi Yochanan. Um, I forget who it was, but nonetheless, a great tzaddik, a great tana. He, um, he, um, <clears throat> He gives a bracha to his students, saying that just like you fear um, flesh and blood, I hope you fear Hashem. And uh, all the commentaries ask, uh, what did that mean? Of course you should fear God even more. But the truth is that we human beings, we explain that the, the fear a person feels before a human being is something that's present, it's physical, you see it. Whereas God sometimes is concealed, and therefore you might be less prone to that fear, you might, be, you might not feel that fear as much because it's more concealed. It's not as visible. So Rabbeinu used to feel that embarrassment just like someone would embarrass before him. Rabbeinu felt that shame before Hashem. He felt as if Hashem was literally presently, present right, right next to him. And Rabbeinu felt as if his face was beginning to change. This is the way Rabbeinu used to get embarrassed. His face would begin to change into many different colors. Just like it's normal for a person who's embarrassed to be, uh, for his face to change colors, to go red, to go white, um, whenever he's embarrassed by someone. There was no difference. And we already spoke and explained about the great extent of Rabbeinu's shame and his shyness. The fear that was always present on his face, constantly. And this was never seen before. And anyone like this, to this extent, it was never seen before. The holy tzaddik Rav Nachman of Chernobyl, may his memory be a blessing, one of the students of the Bar Shem Tov, he passed away just before Rabbeinu did his uh, pilgrimage to Eretz Yisrael, um, 1997 if I'm not mistaken. A great tzaddik Rabbi Nachman, um, who said about Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu's Brit Milah, he's the great tzaddik who, when he, uh, what do you call it? He saw Rabbeinu at the Brit Milah, when he was at the Brit Milah of Rabbi Nachman. Of course, he had been much older than Rabbeinu. Um, he, uh, he said at the Brit Milah, that this neshama, this tzaddik, will console us from all um, our, our deeds. Essentially, that he saw that Rabbeinu would be a very special tzaddik. So Rabbeinu of Chernobyl 
when when he saw Rabenu as a young child when he, Rabenu was still in Medvedevka, Rabbi Nachman was taken aback by the awesome extent of Rabenu's fear that was on his face. He saw the fear on Rabenu's face and he was blown away. And he said that what is said over there in Shemot chapter 20, verse 17, so that the fear of Hashem shall be on your face so that you shall not sin. When it says that in the verse, Rabbi Nachman said that this verse is referencing Rabenu, that we see this naturally by this person. Rabbeinu was already a, was was a young man at this point. wasn't nearly the tzaddik that we're talking about that uh, we surpassed all the levels. This is way before that. So imagine what we're talking about here: the great level that Rabbeinu was attaining, the levels that he went from ne- from one level to the next to the next. He never stopped. So if kuf samachet ve'enava yu meirot kashemis ve'chayarech amash, Rabbeinu's eyes would shine like the sun and the moon, literally. Bifrat be'shabbat kodesh. And by the way, there's a beautiful Torah about this uh, that discusses a story in, uh, in uh, the Gemara that discusses, uh, what do you call it? The eyes um, having to do with like, the light of the moon and the sun and uh, how the tzaddik's eyes are the same way. A very beautiful Torah that discusses this Inyan. Um, but nonetheless, we saw that Rabenu's eyes shone like the, they, they, they shine like the sun and the moon. And specifically on holy on the day of Shabbat Kodesh, his face was shining very very much, even more so. His face was glowing; it was shining more than any other day, um, as it was shining on Shabbat. Meaning, the face of Rabbeinu was mamash shining on Shabbat even more so. And one who has not seen. The great holiness of Rabenu, the fiery dvekut, the fiery bond that he had with Hashem um, on the whole day of, on the day of Shabbat Kodesh, and the way Rabenu used to do kiddush and used to sanctify the Shabbat, Shabbat on Friday night in Seder Hashulchan, and the way Rabenu used to do uh, used to prepare the table, meaning all the avodat Hashem that used to go into the kiddush, and of course all the songs before Vanigun the Songs that he used to sing, Atkino Seudata, like the songs of the Arizal, Atkino Seudata, and Azamer Bishvachim, the two songs of the Ariya Kadosh Rabban used to customarily sing on Friday night, every single Friday night. Atkino Seudata, which is, uh, which translates to be Atkino, I'll prepare Seudata, the Seudata, the meal. Azamer Bishvachim, it's another song, famous song of the Arizal that Rabbi Nachman very much emphasized to sing. Azamer um, Bishvachim. I will sing with songs, with praise. Rabbanu used to sing other songs as well. Kol Mekadesh, the songs of Kol Mekadesh, anyone who sanctifies the day of Shabbat. Umnucha v'simcha, the other song. Menucha, rest and simcha and joy. Ve'eshet Chayil, the song, the woman of valor. Umeen on the song, the foretaste of the world to come. This is the last line of Mayedidut, uh, the song Mayedidut. Umishelo ra'azod lo ra'atob me'olam. Rabbi Nathan quotes the Gemara Sukkah here. And he says, one who has not seen Rabenu do all this, has never seen good in his days. And anyone who is presently standing there at that moment could testify that, he, that a sight like this will never be seen until the coming of our righteous Mashiach. And if all the seas were ink, 
אי אפשר לבאר אפס קצה. ועוצם היופי והקדושה הנוראה והיראה העצומה והריבת נעימה דבקותא נפלאה שהיה אז. Look at all the description, Rabbi Nathan Jireh. And if all the seas were ink, it would be impossible to describe even the smallest inkling, the smallest drop of the intense beauty, holiness, awesomeness, fear, the intense fear, and the wonderful and pleasant bond that was wondrous over there in that moment. Ba'anava be'emet, with genuine humility. Asher lo that something like this has never been seen in history. V'chol zeh lefi tfisat datenu milevad sitre nishtarot shayu lo bazeh. Look at the description Rabbi Nathan is using. And all of this is according to the way our minds can perceive it. Our small and, and very puny minds can be able to perceive such an awesome matter. Aside from all the mysteries that Rabbeinu was experiencing in that moment. Meaning what Rabbeinu was going through was something far, far loftier than even what we were understanding. And we already understood that this was something that has never been seen before. Before Rabbeinu used to do the Kiddush, he would take the, the goblet in his hand. And Rabbeinu would sit there for a long, would, uh, would stand there for a long time, with the cup in his hand, um, standing at the table in silence. And we cannot hear a single thing from Rabbeinu except for this sighing and this yearning for Hashem. The small voice, a very faint voice of yearning that would come from Rabbeinu's throat. And Rabbeinu ascended up to the place he ascended. He, his neshama would go up. Into the upper spheres. Afterwards, when he would return, after Rabbeinu was waiting there for a long time, afterwards, Rabbeinu's mouth would open up with the most awesome sweetness and pleasantness. And he would say, the, the sixth day. And he would begin to sanctify the Shabbat Kodesh. He'd say, He'd begin to say the Kiddush. And look in... Um, uh, conversation 210 of Sichot Aran, how Rabbeinu describes over there that w- when Rabbeinu used to say the first word of Kiddush, along with the first word of any Torah that he'd give, he felt as if his soul was about to expire. This is why Rabbeinu would wait a long time, because very difficult for him to express the first word of the Kiddush and both any Torah, um, a Kiddush or a Torah or a lesson he was about to give. Um, he felt as if his soul was about to leave this world. So imagine what we're talking about here, the great intensity and the the cleaving that Rabbeinu used to do to Hashem, that is something beyond description. Even the description is, a, is not a justice to what, what, what happened there. That Rabbi Natan goes as far to say that one who's never seen Rabbeinu do any of this has never seen good in his days. So we can only hope that Bezrat Hashem, we can see this soon in our days, the coming of Mashiach, Bezrat Hashem, and uh, taste the, the sweetness of Rabbeinu through the Torah that we study. Um, God willing that we should apply it and uh, follow in the footsteps of, of sincerity and wholesomeness that Rabbeinu walked on before us and all the great tzaddikim before us as well. Uh, that's it for today. We continue uh, next episode with Si'if Kuf Ayn, Lesson 170.